Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. So we're going to get started. I'm going to open in prayer. T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries, Spirit Life. Tonight, I was deceived out of necessity not out of deception. I know, great topic. You're going to love it. And so let's pray and we'll dive right in. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for opening our eyes and our ears and letting your truth hit our heart. We thank you, Father, that you want us to grow and to mature into who you called us to be. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit, wherever we're watching from, wherever uh, we are taking the time to meet with you tonight, that, Father, you would speak to us, that you would remove any obstacles, that you would just get rid of any mindsets, that you would help clear our spirit, our soul, our conscience that we may receive from you. And we thank you, God, that there's no hindrance. We thank you that you are preparing us for the work that lies ahead. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. All right, so turn with me to John chapter 16, uh, and we're going to talk about what does it mean, I was deceived out of necessity, not out of deception. So, well, first, let me explain that. Uh, and so I want you to, if you want to write that down, that'd be great, because I want you to actually look at the definition of the word uh, deceived. And that is believing something that's not true. I know it sounds a very simple explanation, but the simple explanation is, is to believe something that's not true. That's being deceived. The problem with being deceived is most times we don't know we're deceived. Deceived out of necessity uh, is, a necessity is more like a, something you need, something you have to have. So some of us are deceived. We believe something that's not true because we have to. It's a necessity. We need it to believe it. And some of us are deceived out of deception. And that is someone else leading you into believing something's not true. That's what being deceptive is, right? So we know Satan is a great deceiver. He's trying to deceive the body. And a lot of times our deception that we're in is from Satan. He deceived us about something and we believed him. And that's how we have uh, where we are. But sometimes we believe things and we're deceived by the truth because we need it to be. Like we have an necessity. It has to be. Otherwise, we don't have an explanation. We don't know how to how to you know process it, how to function with it. So there's a deception that comes from a necessity that we have to believe it because we don't have any other way to explain it. And there's a deception that comes from the enemy who's trying to deceive us. So let's look at John chapter 16. Uh, and this is Jesus talking here. He says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He goes on to tell us about he, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will guide and lead us in truth. So this teaching tonight, I'm going to ask for, as always, your maturity and understanding and listening to the whole thing before you check in or check out of it. Uh, but there is also uh, a part where if we're not ready to hear something, we're not going to hear it. And so I'm not trying intentionally to step on toes or uh, move things in your life that, that trigger emotions and all that. However, if you're deceived because there's a necessity in your life to believe it, we want to help you get free from that. And there's more things we could tell you. And I understand what Jesus is saying here, and I know you know what he's saying. There's some things we just can't handle at the time. So listen to this teaching. Handle what you can handle from. I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. I'm not comparing any of that. I'm just saying... Handle what you can handle in truth and what you can't handle. Uh, just listen to it. Let it soak in. Let it get into your spirit. Let it 
uh, start developing in you and go back and listen to it again and again and again. If you have a pastor, go to your pastor. If you don't have a pastor, find a good church with a good pastor. Uh, if you need someone to talk to, you can always reach out to the ministry. My wife, Jenny, would be glad uh, to respond to you. And so we just want to encourage you, you know, I know this is, a, this is going to be a rough one because we're going to step right on our need. And I, I get it. It's hard to handle all that at one time. But you understand we're doing a, a 30-minute uh, video here, so I got to get all this out. And if I was in real life talking to you, we would spend a weekend going over this. But we're going through the whole thing tonight in 30 minutes. So bear with me. If you say it's a lot, I know. I know we can't handle everything. There's things God's working on me that I still can't handle uh, all the truth on. And that's fine. It works. It's a process. Let the process happen. So Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2. Every man's way is right in his own eyes, right? But Yahweh, God, weighs his heart. So all of us, everybody, I don't care who you are, we have a way we think we're right. Everybody does. It doesn't necessarily mean you're prideful. It just means we have a way that we think we're right. Uh, but God checks our heart. And we know that sometimes we make things because we have no other explanation. We can't explain it. And we have to try to find how we can put God into a situation. And that's where we can get deceived about who God is because otherwise we have we have no answer and we don't know what to do with it. We don't know how to handle not having an answer because sometimes things in life are, are too big. They're unexplainable. And I understand that closure is important. You know, I know it's not a non-Christian word in the sense of what it is, but even Christians, you know, we like to know the why. Give us an explanation. God, um, I remember, you know, 23 years ago, my father passed away, and I remember I was a young man, and I would say, God, you know, give me a reason, explain it to me. And, you know, some people would say, well, God did it to teach you how to depend on him. And some would say, well, it was his time God took him home. And some would say, well, so you would develop and mature. Everyone had an opinion, and somewhere in all there was truth. But if I couldn't settle in my heart why and you can't sell in your heart the whys because sometimes the whys are bigger than you can handle. If I couldn't sell the why, I had a choice. I could live with, I don't know. I have no idea why why he passed on, why he didn't get healed, uh, you know, why he didn't get the miracle he needed. I have no idea. Or I can start letting myself, now listen, get deceived by believing something that helped me have closure, helped me, you know, make it make sense, make that experience make sense. And then I can just start believing that, even if it's not necessarily 100% true, and a lot of times it's not, that's what being deceived is. So I could say, well, I'm going to believe that God took him because if not, I would have never matured, okay? Or God was trying to teach me a lesson. Horrible, not true at all, just either for example. Now that would have built a, a belief system in me, that God takes things from us to teach us lessons, to, to make us grow up. And I would have I would have filtered the belief of the Bible, the belief of God through that new deception that I brought on. Because the reality of saying to myself, you know, at that age, when it happened in my life, uh, that there's no explanation. You know, God just took him home. Well, that's that's hard when you're young, uh, you know, and, and my dad was a young man. He wasn't very old. He was in his 50s. And you say, wow, that that doesn't make any sense. He was a Christian man. You know, you fill in the blanks and start to say, well, uh, all this stuff doesn't add up. I get it. But the truth is, when you don't know something, we go back and say, well, Jesus said he had more to tell us. We can't handle it right now. We can't handle it. We don't grab something and make it a truth. 
believe something that's not true. That's what being deceived is. We don't do that just because we have no other answer. And I know it's very easy to do that. So I want to I want to show you something, okay? And I'm not using that example for every example, but I just want to give you a couple examples through this. And the next one I'll move on to, I'm going to use loss because that happens to all of us. If you live here, no one's getting out in this body. We're all going to perish in this flesh, and we're going to live if you know Jesus Christ, and we're going to live forever in heaven. So that's one we can all relate to. Another one I want to use is sin. And yes, there's a lot of Bible verses about grieving and, and that, but we have 30 minutes. We want to make sure we cover this. James chapter 1, I'm going to talk to you about sin, all right? because there's another one that people do to sin. Let no one say when he is tempted, James chapter 1, verse 13, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted, not by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. When lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when his sin is fully matured, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. For every good thing and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Fact of the matter is, when we mess up, we did it right here in James. When we're being tempted, when we're doing evil things, we are doing it because it's what comes out of our heart. We're by our own lust. God's not doing that to teach you something. Um, you didn't make all these mistakes in your life because God you know, put tripwires in front of you or God did this to you on purpose. Now, I know when you start talking about these things, you know, the text messages, the emails can come flooding in. Jason, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know. That I, I understand that. However, the Bible says God does not tempt us, period. Hard to believe? Uh, yeah. Hard to receive? Yes. Hard to grab a hold of when you're going through? Absolutely. But that doesn't change truth. And truth is, you may have been through some stuff. I've been through some stuff, all right? I could say God had me do all this stuff and the sin came forth because uh, you know, God was trying to teach me something. Well, no, it was my lust that manifested. And if you keep going in verse 15, when it's fully matured, it brings forth death, okay? Spiritual death, physical death. We know uh, that you can't drink every day of your life. You will eventually hurt your body. You can't, you know, smoke 80,000 cigarettes a day. I know I'm being exaggerated. And you know what I mean? Uh, you know, you, some things you can't do, it's going to catch up to you. You can't eat just pure bacon fat. Oh, listen, I'm not a doctor, so anything I just said, take it with a grain of salt. But I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you, we got to watch how we do. We can't say, well, God's teach me something. No, these are our lusts. These are our, our passions. You can't get addicted to pornography. Watch it every night uh, and have your wife or your husband, depending on which one, you know, be distracted from you, end up getting divorced and blame it on, well, God wanted to show you how to be with him. No, God didn't do that. That was a lust that caused in you. It's easier to believe that God may have done those things, that God calls these things, right? Deception by necessity. Right? I'm deceived by necessity because we don't have to own it. We don't have to own that we did it. So what are we really saying here? We're pushing the blame away from us. We're pushing it to God. We're, we're pushing it off to somebody who, now listen to what I'm going to say here, someone who if you want to, you can block out. You know, I, I don't know personally of Jesus Christ manifesting in the flesh, walking into anyone's room and grabbing them and shaking them and making them listen to truth. You can daydream during a sermon. You can go to church where you don't hear what you don't want to hear. And you can turn this off if you want. You can 
listen to YouTube videos that line up with you. You can blame God, make a uh, deception in your life, you know, be deceived by necessity, and you never really have to hear the truth. You can just keep avoiding it at all costs and living in a place where you believe, again, remember Proverbs, believe a man's way is right in his own mind, and you'll find people to agree with you. You'll find people who all sit around with you. Hey, a story, I met a, a, a person one time, and he really seriously told me, uh, with all seriousness, that he gets high because that's where he hears God the clearest. And that's where God speaks to him the most. In fact, God came to him in a vision and said to keep getting high because this is his opening into the supernatural. Now, I know that God does not use drugs or any demonic. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying drugs are demonic. I'm saying anything that alters your mind and puts you into a spiritual realm is demonic. Okay? There's medical drugs. There's all kinds of reasons. I'm not getting into all that. I'm saying if you believe that you need to get high for God to speak to you or get drunk for God to know, God is a spirit of truth. God talks to you just like I'm talking, and he doesn't need any things to have you enter into where he is. God can take you anytime he wants. Okay, uh, So don't get into you know fortune-telling, Ouija boards, drugs, seances, out-of-body experiences, all this you know demonic stuff, and say, God told you that's how he talks to you. No, you just want to do it, and you're you're deceiving yourself by believing God's in it because it justifies what you're doing. And you feel like, well, if God's in it when I get high and I have a God moment, or if I'm at the bar drunk and I'm preaching, or if I uh, you know am doing a Ouija boards or fortune teller and I'm reaching people, then it must be God. No, it's it's not God. It's you got yourself deceived and believing it's God, and it's a necessity. You have to believe it, otherwise. You'll meet someone and tell you, hey, that's demonic. You got to stop doing that. The Bible says we should not do anything that gets us out of our conscious awareness, our stability in making decisions and making uh, understanding and having control of who we are. Do not be drunk. Do not get high. Don't uh, do these altering things. Don't do anything with you know seances or anything like that or demonic stuff. Stay away from all of it. Flee from all evil. Okay. But there are people who will tell you that's where God meets them. That is being deceived by necessity. They need to justify it. Are you with me? Hope it's starting to make sense. I know this may be stepping on some of your toes, uh, but we got to keep going with it because truth is truth. So turn me to Genesis chapter 3. This is where everything started in Genesis. Uh, Everything, in my personal opinion, everything that we would need to learn about God's nature and character is in Genesis. Obviously, read your whole Bible. Uh, But Genesis really covers God in a great spectrum of who he is in the sense of all his characteristics. So Genesis chapter 3, we're going to talk about Adam and Eve. You know where we're going with this. The woman said in verse 6, the tree was good for food, and it was a light to her eyes. Because the serpent said to her in verse 4, you will not die. You will not die. If you eat this, you will not die. For God knows the day that you eat, your eyes will be open, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So what did the woman do? She she started to believe something that we know is not true. But she took it as truth. She said, then a woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was the light to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. Listen to what's happening here. In Eve's mind, she, out of wanting to eat this apple, now it was planted there by her own desires, but now she wants to eat it. And of course, the enemy is telling her 
This is a deception by the enemy, right? You can eat it. That's a deception from the enemy. Now here's where she's going to convince herself it's not bad, right? The tree is desirable, make one wise. She took from his fruit, ate it. She gave it to her husband, ate with her. And their eyes of them were both open, and he knew they were naked. And all of a sudden, uh-oh, we realized we messed up. What happened? Well, she blamed the enemy, the snake, said he made me eat it. That's a deception from being deceived by the enemy, right? So she's deceived by the enemy who tells her these things. She makes it in her heart that this is good, and she's deceived. So this is one way uh, that being deceived is from the enemy. And this is a great example, because it's the very first example, that the enemy deceives us by giving you know thoughts into our head, and we take it. And after we take it, we have a choice. We all have a choice. Do we now say, well, you know what? I'm going to own this. Or do we say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry to my, you know, whatever you need to do. I apologize. I'm wrong. It's not God. I made a, a belief of something. I shouldn't have done it. The enemy got me. Okay. Same principle the other way. Sorry, God, I messed up. I, I believe this because I don't know how to explain so-and-so passing away. I don't know how to stop getting high. And I, I just, I, I want to make, believe that you're in there. I, I don't know how to get over my hurt. So I, I got to just believe that you did this. I, I got to believe that the, all the horrible things in my life, God, you're trying to teach me a lesson. Otherwise, I've just done a lot of dumb things. It's hard. It's hard to be, to be deceived from the enemy it's hard to be deceived out of necessity. Both of them are difficult. The real catch to all this is, and the thing that most people trip up on, I don't give a percentage, it's like 99% of people uh, trip up on, is because God turns every curse into a blessing, right? Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. Everything, you know, bad can happen in your life and things can fall apart and, and God can turn it, right? He can turn it around. You can have harm. I don't, I don't want to give any examples because I don't want you to focus on the example. I want you to focus on the, the part where God turns it around and God makes it good. And then you can so easily believe even more. Yep, what I believed was right. I went through that and I, you know, believe it was God because look how it worked out now. No, it worked out good now because God loves you, God's for you, and God causes all things to work out for the good. That's not God's stamp of approval that what you believed was accurate. That's not him saying, I made these bad things to teach you a lesson. I took that person to make you grow up. I, uh, I put that, that alcohol in your hand and made you have that car accident and put you in the right place with the right people at the right hospital, at the right rehab, uh, or I had you in that relationship that you would go through what you did to have to find me on your own to not be dependent on someone. No, 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 no. That doesn't, that, that's not his stamp of, yes, your deception was right. No, that's God being true to God. He turns all things to the good, works all things to the good to those who believe in him, turns all curses into blessings. That's, that's God being God. That's God proving he's God. All right. So don't, don't let the goodness of God, the evidence of God being God, be your like stamp of approval that what you're deceived in out of necessity was accurate. I know it's a hard one. I'm going to say a couple more times. Don't let that God turns it around in the end. Okay. 
you'll meet people say, well, I had an explosion at church and the, the pastor, I don't get along anymore. We're never going to talk again. God did it because he needed me to get me out of there and look at me now. Well, God might have needed to get you out of there, but he would have done it peacefully. He would have done it with honor. He would have done it biblically. It turned out good for you. Amen. That's awesome. But that's because God's good. That's because all things work to the good for those who are in God, right? According to his purpose. So that is God being God. That's God turning a curse into a blessing. That's that's the nature of God. And that's what I'm trying to trying to say to you is that's the same nature of God that we try to say God made me sin or God made me go through this or God put me in prison, you know, for now, if you're in prison for preaching the gospel, obviously that's different. But, you know, God put you in prison to, to really wake you up or I had hit rock bottom to look up. People, not everyone has to hit rock bottom. Your kids don't have to hit rock bottom to look up. You don't need to be in a hundred relationships so you can learn what not to do, right? You don't have to go through this. God teaches out of love. God teaches out of what to do. Now, I know we teach a lot of what not to do, but God teaches what to do. In other words, Jesus says, if you love me, obey me. That's a good to do, right? Uh, so he gives answers based on his goodness. He doesn't need to threaten you. He doesn't need to curse you. He doesn't need to scare you. He's God and his power of love uh, will move any obstacle in your life and, and you know, melt the hardest of hearts. He doesn't need to, to do these things to you. So I want to encourage you tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're watching this, you know, really evaluate what you believe. Now look at your life and look at what you've been through. Look at where you're at. And where you're at, you could be in the process of, you know, still being deceived by necessity. And I want to encourage you to, I, I know it's painful, but I want to encourage you to break that junk, get rid of it, repent, Tell God, hey, I'm sorry for blaming you or making this weird thing up. Find a strong, strong Holy Spirit-led biblical church ministry. Find, get under some good leading, get discipled, and get out of that stuff. If you're in the stages where your life's turned around and things are going good, make sure that when you look back, you can still see where you were wrong. In other words, don't carry, don't carry that deception into the goodness of God into your life now with more strength and conviction that it definitely was God. Because that's just going to lead into a deeper deception down the road. That's going to create in you the ability to uh, retain even more deception out of necessity because you're going to be able to connect dots that should not be connected. But you're going to say, well, I went through this and this, and because of it, now look what God's given me. Well, yeah, no, God's given this because God's good, not because of that. And I know... Uh, it's it's challenging to hear this. It's challenging to to want to own it and make those changes. However, we all do things wrong. Everybody. The right biblical thing to do is say sorry. I repent. Forgive me. We don't change scripture. We don't change theology when we don't know and have an answer. We don't change the Bible. We simply say I'm sorry. Forgive me. I repent. I don't know. Sometimes that's a good answer too. I don't know. I was a young man when my father passed away, uh, and I didn't have the answer to why he passed away. To you know, honestly, it didn't matter anymore when the Lord revealed to me the why. People ask me, "What was it? What was it?" It doesn't matter. It was for me, not for you. The point of it is, by the time I found out, I I didn't care anymore. I was already into a developed relationship with Jesus, learning how to understand. You know, sometimes He says, "I don't know." Sometimes He tells you, "No." Sometimes He tells you, "Not now." Sometimes He says, "Wait." Read your Bible. You know, sometimes people are in a desert for 40 years. Sometimes they're a young boy anointed as king, and then later in life, 
You know, it seems like they throw it all away and then God redeems them. You know, all through your Bible, I mean, he, re he rebuked Peter and then he builds a church with them. God's ways are so far above our ways, we'll never understand them. But when life throws things at you, and, and I'm not cursing you by saying it will, I'm just saying we're in a fallen planet, things are rough, especially now in this nation, especially now uh, in the United States of America, especially now. Don't let our I don't knows and the confusion, or if your children are living or doing stuff, don't let that stuff become uh, a deception and, and you get a necessity to why you believe it, right? Always, Paul tells Timothy, war with the prophetic word over your life, over uh, what God has said for you. It's so important to know what God's doing so you can look ahead and say, okay, uh, God's called me into this. You war with that word. It's a good teaching. We'll get into it sometime. And you want to keep looking ahead. Press press towards a high call on God. Look ahead, not behind. Keep moving forward. And if you get stuck on it, right, if you really get stuck and say, I can't explain this and I'm mad at God because I can't explain it. That's a better position, better position than it is to get uh, a deception out of necessity. You got to think about Jonah at the end. He said, Jonah, you care more about this gourd. And Jonah just owned it. He said, yep, you know, not a great answer, but he was honest with God. Uh, Elijah in the cave, better for me to be dead. Yeah, not not great ways to have conversations, but at least it's it's honesty. It's honesty. If this stuff is driving you to the point of your thinking like that, Reach out, get some help. Don't let the enemy just, you know, jump on you and build on because he will. He'll take any, you know, situation or life he can, and he'll try to make it worse and worse and worse until you build up such a deception about who God is. You're so deceived that you really don't even know what you're serving anymore. And I want to close with this. It's how we get to where Jesus says uh, to the people, we cast out demons, we heal the sick, we raise the dead. And he says, depart from me. I don't even know you, you who work lawlessness or work iniquity, right? Like, in other words, I don't even know who you are. How does that happen? Even the elect can be deceived. What happens by slowly building deceptions out of necessities because life situations will create where you just, you, you look in the Bible and you can't find that verse that says, this is why God did it, right? It'd be great. It's in there. It's just not in there that way. The answer is always in the word. It's just not in the way you're looking for. You can't just flip through and find, oh, this is why this. And sometimes it's deeper with revelatory, uh, Holy Spirit given information. You know, it's just, it takes relationship. It takes relationship. It takes knowing God sometimes to really understand it. And heartaches, and it's part of faith. It's part of trusting God. It's part of, you know, developing that part where you can just, you know, press on with him even when everything doesn't really make sense because it doesn't really matter. If God's in control of your life, you've given your life to God, then you move forward. You press in and you go after God. What if it doesn't make sense? Well, you do it anyway. What if you don't know how it works? What does it matter? The blind man said, hey, uh, I was blind, now I see. And everyone asked him, well, what happened? He goes, I don't know. I was blind, now I see. And they're like, yeah, I know, but what happened? He said, I don't know. Didn't care. I'm blind, and now I see. I'm sure if you're blind, God opened your eyes. You don't care how. We look at God in such a you know, simple form of, if he answers this way, it means this. If God answers this way, it means that. And listen, it's just simply not true. God's ways are higher than our ways. Don't be deceived out of necessity because you, you, just, you don't know what to do. Just own, I don't know what to do. I'm lost. I'm confused. I don't get it right now. But that is healthy because God will give you the answers. God will 
will lead you to all truth. And find, again, man, find a strong uh, ministry, church, Holy Spirit, Bible-believing, powerful place. Get locked in. Get discipled. Have a Paul in your life. Really press into God and learn that, man, we do really dumb things, but God is true to his word. He turns any curse to a blessing, and all things work to the good to those who are according to his purpose. So I want to pray with you before we end this. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, share, comment, subscribe to the channel, go to our website. Uh, people ask us, how can you donate? You can donate right on our website. You can, you can partner with the ministry uh, monthly. You can partner us with prayer as well. And you can give a one-time donation or you can come visit us. Uh, look at the website for where we're going to be. Uh, we're going to start our fall schedule. Uh, we take the summer off from ministry, not ministering, but from traveling. And we're going to start our fall schedule. We've got a lot of amazing things coming up. We're excited about them. And so if you have a church or you know somewhere that would like to have us come speak to a prophetic service, uh, just reach out to the ministry uh, email, text, call, and we'll get you lined up. Or We're filling up quick, so we want to make sure uh, we get everybody in who's excited to have us out. And we're excited to come minister with you uh, and share what God's doing. So let me pray with you, and we'll wrap this up. And, and listen, we're going to pray that God takes the blinders off and the necessity out of your life, and you can be free from all that stuff and really start depressing to God. And maybe that means you live with, I don't know, for a little while, but that's better than being deceived. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you, Lord, for the teaching. We thank you for opening your eyes, moving the blinders. We thank you, God, that you are good, that you turn every curse into a blessing, that you turn everything in our life around according to your purpose. We thank you, God, uh, that you're helping those tonight who need to see you clearly, to hear you, and they're getting rid of the necessity. They're getting rid of the reasons that they had to, God. And they're just going to accept that you know what you're doing. And by faith, Father, we pray that you can hold on to that, that you break every chain of bondage off their life. And Father, we pray for any bad teaching, bad doctrines given, uh, received, that Father, you would just take them, uh, things from people, and just remove them. Every bad teaching everything that's not of you, Father. We just pray that you would remove it from people here tonight, uh, tomorrow, whenever they watch us, Father, that we will be free, because who the Son sets free is free indeed. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As always, thank you for watching, sharing, commenting, subscribing. Go to pffministries.org uh, to find out where we're going to be and what we're doing, how you can be a part of it. T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. God bless. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at pffministries.org. God bless.